My nana used to make a pudding, a Christmas pudding, speaking my nana again, and she used to put little coins in it. And anyone else have a nana that did Christmas puddings with coins in them? My mum did. Your mum did? Thank you. That's awesome. And it's a Greek cake and she used to put coins in it. Yeah. Well, my nana was from London, so she wasn't Greek, but she was about that tall. So I know a lot of Greeks that are about that tall. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I'm sure she was adorable. If you were lovely, she was adorable. But if you did the wrong thing, not good. But she made an awesome Christmas pudding and um, I love the food. For me, I have to have one of those fruit mince pies at Christmas time. I know, I know you're either in or you're not. Some people just can't do it. I know Jono can't do it, can't stomach the idea of it. But for me, it's not Christmas until I have one of those. Food, love the food. I love the, um, what else do I love? I love the fellowship that we get at Christmas time. Family getting together again and just hanging out. Playing cricket, you know, I don't know if you have some kind of traditions like that that you grew up with or whatever. Fellowship also at church, like getting together with other Christians, but also like going to local carols and, you know, just the whole singing Christmas carols with other people that are strangers. Like, I just love that. I love that because there's there's something we can share together. I also love the festivities of it all, you know, just driving down Lakeside Boulevard and I don't know who it is, but someone's gotten a whole lot of red ribbons and just tied them around trees. And for me, that's just really cool because who does that? But it's a reminder that, oh, yeah, that's right. It's Christmas time. And Christmas brings hope. Christmas time is a time of hope. And I'm going to look at uh, this December, each and every Sunday, I'm going to be speaking on the subject of the hope of Christmas. Because I think we all need a little bit of hope at Christmas. Mm. We all do. We all do. It could. It could just. I could just preach on hope for the for the next twelve months. I think at this rate, because of what we've all been through in the last um, twelve months, eighteen months. Yeah. Plus. So have your Bibles open. Let's have a look at um, what we can learn about hope. In Christmas, at Christmas, so over the over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a few different scenes at the very first Christmas, and then um, and find out what we can learn from each one of those for today, right here and now. And so here we have Mary's story, Mary's story of hope. And there's some things I learn about God here that um, maybe you've already learned them, uh, or maybe. Maybe you've forgotten them and you just need to be reminded of them again. But uh, with Mary's story, it, it, I'm, always, I'm always humbled at how God works in our world with nobodies from nowhere. <laughs> no offence to Mary, all right? I've never met the lady. One day, yeah, but... You know, I'm sure she was lovely. I mean, you, you read about her in the Bible. She was Jesus' mum. So she had, to be, she had to have some kind of awesome heart or qualifications for God to choose her as the one to carry Jesus, right? There must have been something pretty cool about her for God to choose her. But we see here in, in, this, in our Bibles that she's actually just a nobody from nowhere. In verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's uh, pregnancy... God sent the angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Now, I don't know if you guys um, have heard of Nazareth before, but 
you know, this is the pretty much the first time Nazareth is mentioned in your Bible. It's not mentioned in the Old Testament. There's no mention of Nazareth at all. And from here on, pretty much there's no mention of Nazareth again, except in a derogatory sense, like, oh, nothing good comes out of Nazareth, or he's just the carpenter's son from Nazareth. Like It's, it's like, anyone know of a nowhere town? Give me a name of a town, and let's play a game, and I'll try and figure out where it, where it is. All right? Give me a random name of a town. Please be, please be gentle. I'm from Queensland. Bogabilla. Hang on, we're one. Bogabilla. Bog, where's Bogabilla? New South Wales. Okay, I know where New South Wales is. What's that one? Port Pirie. Port Pirie. Where's Port Pirie? I don't have no idea. Oh, okay. Someone tell me a name of a town where you know where it is. Wyla Ketchum. A what? Wyla Ketchum. Wyla Ketchum. Is that a fishing village? No. Nope. <laughs> no. Where's Wyla Ketchum? Goldfields in WA. Gold. Where? Goldfields in WA. Where's the goldfields in WA? Obviously in WA. It's on the end of the wheat belt. So. On the end of the wheat belt. East from Perth. Oh, okay. Now you've got me. Yeah. Because I have no idea about the wheat belt, but Perth, right? So east of Perth. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I understand where that might be. Cool. Okay. Any other weird names of towns? I've got one for you. Gimpy. Queensland. Queensland. Yeah, right. Gumborian. Queensland. Gumborian. Dagan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, all Queensland names. But, um, is it funny, like Nazareth, it's almost famous because of Christmas, okay? But if you were to, if someone was to hand you a map of the day, like where Mary and Joseph were and, you know, before Jesus was born around Bethlehem and around Jerusalem, you would hardly even see Nazareth coming up on anyone's maps. Stats tell us there was about 400 to 500 people that lived there when the angel of God went to visit Mary. Like, you know, that's not a big town. That's nowhere, right? And he, and he goes, this is, this is Gabriel. This is Gabriel, the spokesman on behalf of God, right? There's, um, so, little angel lesson. There's, there's God, right? Creator of everything. He created angels. Did you know that? They're only just created beings. So he created a, uh, a, a hierarchy of angels. I'll try my best. But uh, there's three archangels that were created. They are called Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. And one of them decided to do his own thing, and he was cast out of heaven. That was Lucifer. Uh, Satan. He's an archangel. He's just a created being, and he tries his best at ruining our lives by lying to us. He's always been a liar. This is not about him, so we'll leave him to the side for a bit. But Michael, Michael is the um, the warrior angel, the archangel, and uh, Gabriel is the messenger angel. And so when God has something to say, he uses this guy. He is important, right? And he's, he's already been to um, a little uh, town to visit a guy called Zechariah, who happens to be John the Baptist's dad. And so he, he visited Zechariah just in chapter 1, actually, of Luke, and he gave him the promise that he... And Elizabeth would be the father and mother of John the Baptist. Zechariah didn't believe it. So the angel Gabriel was like, I am, I, I've just come from heaven and I'm speaking on behalf of God. You can just go mute until you name the son, right? So that's what happens. That was the inversion. You can read it yourself. But this is a powerful angel and he has an amazing message. 
and it's been 400 years of silence to God's people, and he chooses to go to a little Jewish, a Jewess lady, girl, sorry, teenage girl called Mary, who's not even married. Like she's a nobody. No offense, Mary, if you're listening, but she was a nobody from nowhere. And the angel of God came and visited her. He came and visited her and he, and he said these words to her in verse 28. Uh, 28. Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Amazing. God still chooses nobodies from nowhere. And he still reveals himself to them, to us. Something else I learned about Mary is that, so that, by the way, that's hope number one. God chooses nobodies from nowhere. Have a look around the room. No offence, anyone, from where you came from. But seriously, if we were just going to do a Zoom um, you know, drone shot with a video camera and just kept going up into outer space, we'd all disappear pretty quick. And no one really cared. It was just part of a, a tiny little speck on the massive planet of Earth. But God still chooses us and still favours us and still loves us. And he still wants the best for us. Let's move on. Something else I learned about Mary's story of hope is that um, she, it was okay to be confused and disturbed. Have a look at verse 29. It says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. It's okay to be confused and disturbed with God's plans. It is. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's totally okay. We're, we, we can all be confused and disturbed and still understand that God has his way. You know, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, it says, this is an Ian version, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are so far above our thoughts. His plans are not our plans, Right? And yet we have, we have plans and we have ideas and we have concepts. We have expectations of what God should do or could do or what should happen or what shouldn't happen. And yet God always has his way, his way. God will always have his way, his way. And it's okay for you to be con confused and disturbed about it, but we should be not afraid. See, the angel said to Mary in verse 30, Sorry, verse yeah, 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. See, it doesn't matter what, what happens around. You have found favour with God. Don't be afraid. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Now, what the angel does next is describe Jesus. Have your Bibles open. If you've got a Bible, please have it open to that passage in chapter 1. And let's have a look at how the, the angel describes Jesus. Now, let's, let me just say, while you're looking that up, that Jesus hasn't actually existed yet. Now, I'm not, woo, stop, don't call me a heretic. He's always been. He's eternal. He's the creator God. He is, he is, he is at one with God. God, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, eternally eternal, right? But he's never been called Jesus before, and he's never had skin and bones before. Until 
And, and even as the, as the angel is about to, to, to describe Jesus to this teenage woman from nowhere, he, um, he still isn't in physical flesh yet. All right. So listen to what the angel says. Don't be afraid, Mary. Uh, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Okay, first off, he's a son. He's a man. He's going to be an actual man, right? This, this baby that you're going to give birth to is, is going to be a human being. Wouldn't that be encouraging as a mum? Like, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Like, awesome, it's not going to be something else, like some kind of weird alien or, you know, the mind boggles. It's going to be a son, right? First off. Okay, Ian, don't talk anymore about that. Stop the point there. It's going to be a son. You will name him Jesus. Okay, this is the name. You're going to name the son Jesus. Isn't that cool that the woman gets the name Jesus, Jesus? I think it is. Because in that day and age, women didn't have a say, didn't have a vote, couldn't vote, didn't have any rights. Really? Well, they had rights, but, you know, not much. And so you will name him Jesus. You know what Jesus means? Anyone know? God brings uh, salvation comes from God. The Lord saves. Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua. Where is he? He's run away. Same name, same meaning. The Lord saves. Salvation comes from God, right? Okay, so that we know that he's going to be a man, a human being. Salvation comes from God. Also, verse 32, he will be very great, right? Very great. Not just, eh, not just a man, but very great, right? Very great. And will be called the Son of the Most High. Whoa, we've just taken it to another level. Very great was, was good, but the Son of the Most High. The Most High being God. Okay, so he's going to be a son of Mary, like human being, but also son of God. Wow, what a, this is, surely this is huge for this teenage girl from nowhere. What was her name again? Mary. Okay. Oh, I nearly forgot because she was a nobody. But he'll be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Now in 1 Samuel chapter 7, there was a promise given to David, the king of Israel, that there would be someone from his loins, from his lineage, one of his children or grandchildren or whatever down the line would be king, right? But different to David, different to Solomon, different to whoever else was king because he would be king forever over Israel. Forever. Like no end. No death, no coronation for another king forever, right? Be king on the throne of David forever. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, so we've made the point. Thanks, Gabriel. Does any, did anyone need me to repeat that? He's going to be a king forever, right? One day, Jesus is going to come back and sit on the throne in Israel forever on the earth. Forever. That's a promise that God has made. That's a promise that God has made. At the moment, he's now at the right hand of God and he's coming back one day, right? At the moment, he's waiting for every one of us to turn and believe who he is before it's too late to see who he really is. Does that make sense? So Mary asked the angel in verse 34, how can this happen? I am a virgin. Makes sense to me, doesn't it? Makes sense to you. It's logic. What she's doing here is not doubting what the angel's saying. She's just wondering how she can play a part in this amazing plan that has just blown her teenage mind. 
How is, how is this going to happen? How can I be in this situation? She's such a nobody. She doesn't realize how she can be a benefit or help in this situation. And God loves to choose people like that. He loves to choose people that say, how is this going to happen? Not, oh, I don't want to do it. See, her question there is not one of doubt. Her question there is one of wonder, but still belief. And so the angel says, okay, all right, here, I've been waiting for you to ask me this question. This is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be, here's another description of Jesus, holy, holy. He is the Holy One. Who drove here today um, in their car? I love using the car as an illustration because for me, I'm, I'm working with patience. I'm still, thank you for praying for me, by the way. Someone's been praying for me for patience this week because I've been behind so many slow cars this last week. So please stop praying. <laughs> but um, I, I don't speed, just letting you know that right now. But um, anyone else struggle with patience driving or, or weird drivers that aren't you? <laughs> it's like everyone else is just crazy. Anyway, yeah. I'm so glad that he's the holy one when I'm not. Aren't you? Like when, even when you, you, even when you mess up, not on purpose, like he's the holy one. This is the description of Jesus. Not only is he a man, not only is he the son of God, but he's actually the holy one. He is holy and will be called the son of God. All right. And what's more, she, he, the angel says, what's more? Here's something you don't know, Mary. Here's something you don't know about your, your cousin, Elizabeth, your relative. She's become pregnant in her old age. And people used to say she was barren. People used to say she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Six months in and Elizabeth was told she was barren. People would tell her what she was. But the hope of Christmas is, is not listening to, to people telling you who you are, but listening to God speaking truth into your life and saying who you are in Christ. Who you really are. You're so much more valuable than you ever thought you were because... God chose to send his son into this world, which is a world full of nobodies from nowhere. No offense to anyone in the room. But until we realize that, like un unless we get to that point where we realize that I'm a nobody in his presence from nowhere, uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult to receive the grace that he's actually given us through Jesus. And the angel says, your, your, your relative, she's given birth. And he says these words in verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Does anyone else have a different version in front of them tonight of that verse 37? For the word of the Lord. Oh, for the word of God will never fail. For the word of God will never fail. Anyone else got something like that? Or, you see, that's, that's in the Greek... I don't have my notes with me for the Greek, 
But in the Greek, where it says in the New Living Translation, um, for nothing is impossible with God here. Oh, actually, is that a New Living Translation? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, because my Bible here, my paper Bible, it must be an older version. That must be a revision because it's a good revision. Because the Greek, it uses this word that, um, I don't know if you might have seen the word, there's a church down on Bald Hill Road called this, Rima. Rima. I'm not sure how to pronounce it properly, but it's R-H-E-M-A, Rahma. And it's actually not print word. See, where it, where it says, um, um, for no word of God will ever fail. Um, it's not talking about no written word. It's not talking about the Bible. The word of God will never fail. It's not talking about the Bible. It's talking about every spoken word from God's mouth. So think about it. Creation in Genesis chapter 1. How did God create? Anyone know? He just went, he said the word light. What happened next? Yeah, I know. I know. I love the way he does it. I wish it was that easy with my life. But God just speaks something and it happens, right? Now, John's gospel starts off this way, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it's talking about Jesus, right? You know that? The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Now here, the angel is saying to Mary, basically, what you've just heard spoken by God will never fail. It, it will never fail. It's, it's inviolable. That's a big word I learned this last week. Invi it can't be violated. It can't be violated. Anything God has spoken will come to pass. So when Jesus says, who the sun sets free is free indeed, guess what happens next? Freedom. Yep. Isn't it cool? Any promise that God has spoken through his word or through, through an angel or through to you in some way, shape or form by his Holy Spirit of truth will come to pass because he said it. It is impossible for it not to. It will always come to pass. The only issue is that us patience people have issues with is the, the timing of it all. Because when God promises something, it's going to happen. We just don't know when it's going to happen. And so the angel says, for nothing is impossible with God. No word from God um, will, uh, will ever fail. And that's the hope of Christmas for Mary. You see, she was a nobody from nowhere. She could have said to this angel, I think you've, I think you've knocked on the wrong door. I think you've got the wrong person. I'm not that special. But what does she respond with? What words? Verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. You know what? It's so beautiful because... Then and there, I believe, she conceived. Now, we call it the virgin birth, but you know what? That's actually wrong. It was a normal birth. It was a virgin conception, all right, technically. Okay? So she, her and Joseph were there, and she went through the pregnancy thing. You know, everything went to plan, okay? Except, you know, no hospitals. It was a barn, which was a little bit not to plan, but still it was to plan. And she conceived the hope of the nations. She conceived hope in person, 
Jesus Christ. It just blows my mind that God would lower himself to that level for nobodies from nowhere. Isn't that amazing, Grace, that God would do that? And she says, whatever you've said, amen. That's basically what she's saying. Not my will, but yours. Her son followed suit, didn't he, in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he was praying, he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And then he took steps from that garden to pay for your sin and mine on the cross. It's beautiful because he was trusting God at his word as well, his father at his word. And Mary did the same. I love it because God uses chooses nobody's from nowhere. It's okay to be confused and disturbed about God's plans. It's important that we describe Jesus the way he's described in the Bible. And also, everything God says will come true. He's trustworthy and you can trust him tonight. I wonder if anyone needs some, some hope tonight. I wonder if anyone you know, needs to be responding like Mary to the Lord by saying, look, it doesn't make sense to me almost. Well, she doesn't say that, but she says, I'm the Lord's servant. You know, I'm just going to bow my knee and just go, okay, whatever you say, God, I'll just do it. I don't know, maybe God's calling you to do something. Maybe God's asking you to uh, trust him more in a particular area of your life. But he chooses you. And he, he can do immeasurably more than you could ask or dream or imagine. But his word, his promise will always come through. And it's okay to be confused and disturbed. How about we pray and um, finish up. I'll hand it over to Naomi in a sec, but we'll just pray and let's respond to his goodness in our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that he is the hope of the nations. He is the hope of us. He is our hope. And he is the only hope of Pakenham, the people here. Lord, we love Pakenham, but nowhere near as much as you do. And Lord, we pray that this time of year would be a time of, of hope, Lord, for each and every individual, God, from the young to the old, that they would see Jesus as the, as the shining light of hope, Lord, in the midst of uh, what has been a fairly disturbing and, and confusing uh, season, Lord, for us. But we thank you that, that uh, Christmas not only brought hope back then for Mary, but it's a time that reminds us that one day Jesus is going to come back again as well, and that gives us hope in our hearts. Lord, help us to be bringers of hope this week and help us to trust you at your word and to know that you will always keep your promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.